Okay. Nice. So we have 21 people in the room. Um, it was around like almost 50 people who signed up. So maybe they will join us later. But I think we're going to start. And anyway, it is, it is, um, I'm recording. So you guys will have the ability to have a recording on YouTube tomorrow when I will upload everything. Chuck. Let's do like this, uh, maybe like this. Okay. Everyone can hear, hear me? Thumbs yes. up? Yeah. Cool, awesome. Okay, let's see what we have in the chat. Hi, everyone. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous, but I'm also very, very excited to have a to start this new season, season on the Rising Phoenix. So welcome everyone, welcome back to the Rising Phoenix season two. This is the first episode and today we're gonna to talk about the understanding of consciousness, how we can bridge human design with consciousness and actually how human design is way more spiritual than we could even imagine. Uh, in season, in season one, we saw a lot of basics on human design. Uh, we saw a lot of things about, especially the mechanic of the Maya, the mechanic of the human design system. But today in season two, I want to go deeper with all of you. Um, I would love to bring an amazing guest today. So my very good friend Manesh, and I'm going to introduce you Manesh in a second. But that's going to be very interesting to see how we can bridge consciousness, how actually consciousness is everything and it is a big part of human design and it is mostly where we're going today in our society. So just to remind you, this is a 6-2 um, podcast. Here is Tom, my good friend Tom. Hi Tom, how are you today? Tom is here. Oh, you need to unmute yourself, Tom. All good here, Ben. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, we have Cheryl, who is a 60 projector, spinning projector. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Welcome Hi. back. Hi, everyone. Welcome Hi. back. And myself, Generator 62. So I really enjoy to say that 60, you know, because we're on the roof, we have this view, we have a different view on the world. Um, I like to say we're kind of a visionary mystic people we always are interested of what's coming um always interested on what even people didn't think about it you know we we're really interesting in what's coming that's why i always like to say we kind of a visionary mystic people always looking for what's coming but anyway today we have a very special guest um my very good friend Manesh, I think I can introduce you a little bit and then Manesh, if you want to obviously introduce yourself um, for sure. But from my experience and I've been, I spent eight years with Manesh. I mean, I know Manesh for the last eight years now because we, we met for the first time in 2012 and you are actually the one who introduced me to human design. So um, it's a great, great honor to have you here. Manesh is a visionary mystic, 100%, and a shaman. I like to say he's a very creative sound magician. Uh, Manesh loves to play with music and sound. Um, remember, for season one, we spoke about how human design is just music. 
and how we can tune into the music, into the universe. And Manesh is very amazing creating some sound. He's a natural healer and he's a manifesting generator 5-1. You guys know that 6-2 and 5-1, we have such an incredible relationship together and we may gonna talk about this a little bit later, but Ra always compare us uh, 6-2 and 5-1 as a good friend, but always say like the 6-2 is the one who will take over um, the 5-1. So that was kind of funny to hear Ra saying this. Um, maybe to resume in one word, I would describe you, Manesh, as a, just a spirit consciousness guide, someone who really have this ability to tune into consciousness and to guide us, maybe to say, to translate spiritual knowledge into something that is way more understandable for everyone today in society. Um, yeah, so please welcome here again. Thank you for being here. And I'll let you say something about you. I'll let you introduce yourself and how, you know, you came into human design or whatever comes to you. <laughs> sure, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Amongst the 6-2 as a 5-1, uh, I guess as a heretic, as always, mm -hmm. um, being a little bit outside of you guys. But it's, it's, uh, I was telling you, Ben, uh, that it's uh, quite a pleasure to be with 6-2s because you guys validate the heresy. Mm -hmm. So it's always a pleasure <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to be validated by such a whole group. I don't think I've ever had that. <laughs> so maybe I'll say some nice heresy and, and it, it'll be uh, accepted so it can propagate itself into the world beautifully. Mm -hmm. Human design has been a, a really amazing journey. I mean, I started my shamanic uh, kind of initiation very early when I was 14 years old. I even had some teachers that say it was way before around two, but obviously I didn't really remember all of that. Uh, even though there was this kind of weird thing where I saved this kid out of the river when I was two and then I got yelled for it um, as if I had pushed them in there but should have left them in the river anyways uh, <laughs> around 14 I did uh, some uh, out-of-body experiences in nature um, that came uh, really randomly and uh, I got kicked out of the church uh, around seven years old um, and by laughing at the priest for what they were saying. So that's, that was kind of, I didn't get to go through the confirmation. And so I went into science and I, I really went into physics. My father's a physicist. My whole lineage is engineers, doctors, lawyers, you know, scientists. And, uh, and so I went into that frame of mind. And when I had this outer body experience, it kind of shifted a lot because I needed to understand it in a logical way. And so it kind of, did this split where I went further into this spiritual, let's say, practical work, which of course, later on as a human design, that made sense to me, being a 5-1, and very much the uh, physics, and then sound engineering, that's my degree that I got, and of course, um, uh, musician, music is what really helped me uh, come into my own come into my fruition and it's a passion that is still with me i think you see my drum set in the back yeah. and the piano also but um it's been following me around and and i even actually talk about spirit as uh conscious frequencies which i think is a really a, a beautiful way to describe the whole world in this hologram is just that there's 
different frequencies of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so human design came in um, quite late, I'd say, in my journey. Um, just because I'd had 14, I started at 14 getting initiated. And by about 21, I was already um, doing sweat lodges for people. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing more healing for people by the age of 23, 24. I left my corporate job. I was uh, one of the youngest uh, at Sony. And then I worked with the UN and saw that that was a lot of crap. And so I left um, both of those, went back to nature, really plunged deep into nature, popped over my clairvoyance, started seeing energy. And then all these people were talking about seven chakras. And I saw nine. I saw, yeah, yeah. And there was others outside of our bodies. And so, you know, classic heretic. <laughs> I told people they were all wrong. And uh, I was actually at the psychic uh, college uh, at London and uh, getting a reading because this woman that uh, I just met who ended up being the uh, mother of my kids uh, said that she had met this psychic there who had predicted meeting me and described me to a T. So I said, well, I want to go meet this person. And uh, it was probably the worst reading I've ever had in my life. I mean, the person just kept going in rounds about the fact that I'm stuck in this little boat, like an Asian person looking at the sun, but I'm stuck. And that's it for like an hour and a half. And I was like, well, can you give me something else? <laughs> and so I went down kind of frustrated while she was doing her reading. And, uh, and then this book like literally jumped at me. And it was a book from Richard Rudd, actually, that talked about human design and talked about genes, astrology, cabal, uh, you know, like just everything, numerology, tarot, like into one system called the human design. So that fascinated me because in my scientific approach, I was trying to find all the occult um, knowledges and bring them together into some cohesive, uh, you know, system and, uh, and obviously validating it with the clarity that I saw uh and uh and here's this human design system that claims that there's this synergy and there is this way of bringing it but richard rudd uh at that point in that book which was a tiny little book mm-hmm. <laughs> talked about human design like a football field and didn't really get into the specifics and basically i didn't understand the thing and i was like i don't know what, what this system is talking about it's it's really not good this is probably in 2005 i think 2006 somewhere around there and uh and so i kind of left it and there wasn't that much information online there wasn't so much stuff you know about human design at that point until i think six months later a really good friend i'm, I'm really into essential oils and plants obviously the whole shamanic path got me into that and then this guy came and uh he's making like 15 grand a month just making people smell oils wow and he comes in and he looks at the book and he's like Oh my God, you're into human design. This is what made me like leave everything. And then now I'm making like, you know, so much money and it's because of human design. I mean, they told me that I'm a whole open head and I didn't have to think. And I was just always thinking and trying to go to school. And now I just follow my gut and it's wonderful. And I was like, wait, you know about this stuff? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get a reading first. You, you just have to, because otherwise you can't understand anything. And uh, so we got some readings and then that put us down the rabbit hole and uh, it's been a journey. I mean, I still learn. <laughs> it's just, I think, uh, in, impossible to completely grasp all of this. I was actually reflecting this thing in 2000, I think it was 2013. I got hit by lightning in Hawaii 
mm-hmm. while listening to Ra's mystic uh, stuff. And then literally the next week he died. And I thought it was a joke, like the whole, because like we were in ceremony and I saw him kind of pass. And then the next day this guy says, oh, you know, Ra died. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And then he actually did die. And I was like, this is really just pretty crazy. Wow. So it got me a little deeper into it. And um, I've had several teachers into it. And uh, it's been an incredible tool um, that I use a lot still today. I mean, I've completely integrated it into my shamanic practices. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I went back a little bit with Richard Rudd and went into the Gene Keys and I went into integral human design and you know, I guess mm-hmm. as a heretic, I, I didn't follow the school completely right away. Mm-hmm. Had to go all over the place. Yeah. And then uh, now I kind of make my own sauce, let's say, with, with some of the things that uh, I know. But I do respect the school and anybody who uh, is going there yeah. uh, in that direction, I think, is uh, needs to go find the information. And it's pretty amazing to see the, the, the seven-year thing that, of course, I rejected for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh you know that raw talks about but it's it's incredible it's a classic you 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 get into it you get so excited and then three years in you think you've mastered it and then five years in you want to toss it and then seven years something clicks yeah and then human design takes its own journey again but uh it's really beautiful so pleasure to be here yeah thank you thank you so much for being here and sharing your your experience i just uh changed the slide with your with your chart so we can really um, see Manesh talking and hearing where, you know, it comes from. Uh, we can see this, this beautiful um, in class of spirits and, you know, the, the passion, the passion here. You, you guys can see this is his son personality. Uh, we have the gate 55, you know, the um, provoking people into the spirit, you know, and with the, the channel of talent here. Um, we have the Cheryl, you have the same, right? The 43, 23. So we can see where yes. all this, this freak, you know, is coming from. We have yes. this, uh, <laughs> this big uh, talent that is coming from, you know, <laughs> and, um, and obviously big, big aura. So someone who is really into his own flow, you know, with the 515, um, Tom, Tom or Cheryl, is anything you know you guys want to say and share about um, Manesh charts? Something you know we we can discuss about what just Manesh say about the spirit, about the shamanism. Um, well, yeah, when wait. I look at his charts, it's a great chart, mm-hmm. and you said he has his own flow and he has the power to pull people into his flow. The thing he's doing, you know, what he loves to do, yeah, and you know the skills. It's great. Yeah. It bent my variables are wrong. Oh, yeah, really? How yeah, come? It's a, I'm, a, I'm a right brain, left mind, left environment, right uh, awareness. I'm like the inside out person. Oh. So I must have either I gave you the wrong time. Oh. Did I say 2151 or 2251? Uh, let me check. Let me check what I have. Ooh. I do that a lot somehow. Mess oh, yeah. That up. <laughs> uh, chuk, chuk, chuk. I have, uh, you say, 2251. I think it's 2151, but yeah, uh, it's okay. 
I mean, basically just that, that right brain. I just have a right brain, but okay. the rest looks pretty much the same. Okay. I will, yeah. I will make the change, but yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's good to know. Just if somebody's going to go into that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Tom, would you like to, uh, would you like to say something? Oh, you know me, I never have much to say, Ben. <laughs> that having been said, it was very <laughs> lovely to watch Manx's chart while Manx was speaking his chart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he's a musician. Yeah. He understands that the first thing musicians need to do if they're going to play together is tune their instruments. Mm -hmm. So he spends a fair amount of time in the acoustic realm becoming attuned if you look at his north node, south node, both conscious and unconscious, you'll see it's all individual. Yeah. It's all individual. So it's all about the mutation. It's all about the spirit. His son is individual. It's all about the spirit. And yet at the same time, he has a healthy respect for logic because he has a 1648. And he also has a healthy respect for the abstract because he has a 1756. He also has a tremendous respect for individuality because he has the capacity to speak his mind in a way that is going to structure and produce the breakthrough for people. He also has a big aura. He can attract a lot of people. And that, of course, he's a manifesting generator, so he has nothing to say or nothing to rule or nothing to do or nothing to be logical about until he's responding to the flow, which keeps mm -hmm. him in the creative and the receptive it's, it's really quite beautiful to hear someone speak their chart accurately. So that's all I would have to say to start, but you know, there's always more. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. No nice. more. Yeah, thank you. So just so you know, um, Tom, Tom is a very good friend of mine. We, we spent a lot of time together in Boulder last winter. And Tom has been in design for 27 years now, Tom? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he spent 25 years with Ra. Um, pretty heavy things that we can listen today, recording. Uh, Tom have pretty much recorded everything from Ra, so it's quite an incredible. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, you're welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure and a pain in the ass to have spent all that time with him, but well worthwhile. <laughs> if you know him, then you know of what I speak. For sure. Yeah. You didn't know him before, now you know him. Yeah. Five ones, okay? Very, oh. very interesting relationship between six twos and five ones. Tell us more. Yeah, tell yeah. us more. Tell us more. <laughs> well, there is a basic, there is based upon a not self world, okay? In a true self world, there's no, no problem. All, everybody gets along just fine. It's yeah. the not self world that creates all this dissonance and craziness. But in the world we are currently living in, trying to uh, pull ourselves out of at the moment. What happens with the 5-1 uh, in the 6-2 is the 5-1 comes into town professing some form of heresy, okay? Now, you know, they're paranoid insecures. They better have done their homework. They better be sure of their foundation before they step up to that microphone or people are gonna start throwing tomatoes at them, right? <laughs> and far too often, that's exactly what they do, step up to the microphone and barf something into the mic and then everybody starts freaking out. Here's the story that Ra used to tell all the time as being a 5-1 manifester, okay? He said, you know, this heretic rolls into town and says, gonna rain, you better build a boat. Now, there was perfect peace there in the little community. Everything was just fine until this guy comes in and says there's a flood coming, right? So what are they gonna do? They're gonna run up the hill. They're gonna talk to the fool on the hill. Who is that? That's the 6-2. 
Now, if the 6-2 says, I don't see no rain, I don't smell no rain, they're going to run down that hill, build a fire, put a pole in the middle of it, and stick that heretic on it and barbecue the guy, right? No wonder they're paranoid and insecure, okay? But on the other hand, if that 6-2, the fool on the hill, he's got the view, okay? It's not, listen, let's be very clear. We have that view on the hill because everybody else is holding us up. We were born to be wise. Doesn't mean we were born wise. We were born to be wise. So we could talk about the 6-2 thing, but right now we're just talking about this relationship. It's three phases of becoming wise, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so at any rate, if that, if that guy says, looks like it's gonna rain, looks like it's gonna rain a long time, if I were you, I'd build a boat. That same group of people is gonna round down the hill and they're gonna, he's gonna marry the mayor's daughter He's going to be given a, a position of high integrity because he saved everybody. There's all this protection that you're supposed to save us, right? And if you do, you're a hero. If you don't and you mislead us, you feel your feet getting hot, don't you? Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a mechanistic situation, okay? Ross said in his own literature, which I intend to get out to someone uh, in the 6-2 profile thing, very, very important information. He said, I'm a 5-1, yang, 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 yang. I'm as yang as anything you're going to meet, but I am the way out. My way is coming to an end in 2027. It is over. No one is going to listen to it anymore. They're not going to listen to 6-2s either. They're going to watch what we do. We are here to demonstrate the heresy. If it is a valid heresy, we are here to be the walking example thereof. That is the only thing that's going to impress anybody. So you can see where there would be an antagonistic relationship with, the, with people that are unaware. But the moment there's awareness, we realize that it is incredibly important that heretics come out and present new possibilities, and particularly if they have a 4323. Ra himself, 23rd gate, right? Okay, yeah. 23rd gate, third line. That's my Jupiter. If you're hearing me talk, I'm explaining something. That's all you'll ever hear from me. So at any rate, enough for now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. It, it's funny because I had a, a teacher friend, uh, well, teacher uh that is past as well who is a manifester 5-1 and he was emotional and uh him and ra had such similar energy in that heresy and it was quite interesting um because he 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 didn't like systems so much he was like you know nature is its system observe it and you will know all the other systems that tried to explain it and then you'll see what systems are good but he he was always interested and sniffed human design a lot. One of the, the only critics he says is that like all systems, if you get stuck in the mind with it, you know, and you're not living it, then it's no good for you because the mind is the trap, you know, and we can always get trapped into mm -hmm. all sorts of knowledge, but actually the wisdom is how do you integrate that and how do you bring it into action? And so I think that's, uh, that's kind of like what you're talking about. And, and I've seen that and felt that, one of the things that I do like about 6-2 is so much and what I feel, you know, is, is, is such a drastic difference is the transpersonal versus the personal trip. And that there is this kind of, when you're with other transpersonals, there's this immediate like, oh yeah, you're on this kind of path as well to try to help others. 
to try to like, you know, it's not just about yourself versus how much of the planet is so differently mm-hmm. into their personal trips and their personal stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and obviously in relationship, when you go into that crossing of, you know, a transpersonal with a personal person, I've seen, I mean, and I have experienced that it's really, really difficult to understand each other uh, at times because it is such a difference. And so on that level, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed the six twos and some six threes that I know and the rare five twos also that are around and five ones. We really have that, that thing. And the funny bridge that also is a, an interesting one is the five one and four six relationship because of that, that weirdness about the four six that has that six and yet is stuck in the four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how how would be um thank you for for sharing this it's actually very interesting to have a different perspective because until now all the the webinar the live webinar was only six to you know and and now we have a a five one so different point of view different energies that is with us today how expect you know this transpersonal experience what would be for you the experience of being a five one, a heretic here in the world today, you know, with your vision, because I always say, I mean, you, you're such a visionary person. I, I know you for eight years now, and I've been learning so much from you. Uh, almost everything that I pretty know, I've been learning from you. But uh, what what will be your your definition or maybe point of view on on the world today? You know, as a five one, how how would be your perspective? I think 2020 is quite an interesting year. Um, I like how in the back of the future, you know, that movie, they, uh, Marty comes in or the, the professor comes and as Marty is about to take off and hit that lightning bolt to get enough energy to go into the future or back to the future, uh, the professor's like, whatever you do, don't go to 2020. You get stuck in a towel, you know? <laughs> and and I, which is just weird that that, uh, movie and then Back to the Future 2 had Trump in it as well. But anyways, I've always said that, you know, 2027 is one thing, but 2020 is going to be where it all starts to crumble down. And it's interesting the, the what Tom was talking about in terms of the heretic coming up to the mic and saying stuff. I've had some experiences that I have not talked about, you know, and I guess with you guys, I can you know, with with uh, things like extraterrestrials, with yetis and, and light beings that like shoot off of rocks and things like that, especially in Crestone. Colorado is quite an amazing place. Mm-hmm. And Crestone is even more magical and weird. And uh, so I spent a lot of times doing vision quests over there. And I've had these very strange encounters. And in a way, by being a heretic, you, you have to decipher what information you give to people so that they don't burn you at the stake, right? Mm-hmm. And I think 2020 for me is this thing where actually the heresy is just blowing up and, and you have to just put out all the truths and all the heretics are coming. I mean, I had a friend that said, uh, what is going on with this confinement <laughs> is conspiracy, you know, overload and, and like everybody's just spewing every conspiracy possible. But in a way, there's always some truth to the conspiracies. And, uh, and I think this is really what's happening is, is a lot of stuff that's been in the shadows is coming up. 
And there's going to be uh, a massive, I mean, you're seeing it, a massive awakening to a certain degree of things. And, and unfortunately, I think also a big division of people who still want to stay in that, um, you know, old way of thinking and they don't want to take this opportunity to grow and to learn and to start really taking their own responsibility for themselves uh, and the others that start awakening and say, okay, I better like take care of myself because the world is just falling apart in terms of what we know and really feeling this cross of planning disappearing i mean it's been very weird i had a, a one of the first readings the guy said oh you're you're a kid from the future and this was back in 2005 or six and i was like what are you talking about and and it was interesting because i was with a, a woman that was the cross of planning and my best friend was the sleeping phoenix and he and when he read all three of us because he kind of did it all three together and he was like you guys are a weird bunch like you kind of have the whole thing right here like she's the old He's the super future and you're the bridge and you're bridging the two. And I have like half of the cross of planning and half of the cross of the sleeping Phoenix, which is this really weird dynamic of trying to figure out what is being dismantled. What do you keep and what do you move into the future and what is the future? And this kind of like seeking of spirit, this thing of finding your own individual truth, finding your own individual unique frequency in a way your talent your unique gift to the world right that you can uh, give and be i'm going to say and offer by being aligned is is what my whole path was in a sense on a personal note and i think for me now it's all about really bringing people into that and yet at the same time i love what you said tom is it's not even about saying it to people anymore it's just just doing it like really becoming absolutely self-sustainable in giving the gift and then either people are going to align to it they're going to come and help you build that or not and they're just going to be taken by you know whatever's coming and i think there's going to be some pretty dark times ahead um which is you know as one system crashes the other needs to come up that that's uh, that's gonna create some clash and some dark stuff is uh unfortunately a lot of people are gonna get lost and and go insane and violence usually arises and you know i definitely like to stay up on top of the mountains i mean that's that's definitely where i've lived and that's where i moved and uh, unfortunately this confinement has closed the borders so I'm, I'm in france trying to get to spain where i bought a house there to make a sustainable place in a sense but i got locked into the french side and uh, i might have to do some uh heresy of getting over there by illegal man means which is quite interesting yeah well but the transpersonal thing is uh is fascinating i mean you know my whole life it's like as much as you find yourself and i found myself i, I went deep into like you know vision quest as you know like you spend days on end with yourself Mm -hmm. shedding the onion of the illusions of what you think you are but eventually your whole point of being here is to really go and help others to a certain degree and finding you know the 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 practical i guess that's very for me the practical tools that can help the other because otherwise they don't care about theories and visions and like you know transpersonal they really want to know what 
can I get from you that's going to help me? And seeing that is, is really interesting. Like, um, like I know a lot of one threes, you know, the three fives, they're kind of on their trip, but one threes, they're, they're really like in their stuff. And it's really interesting, even though they're kind of meant at some point to lead. Um, it just takes them a long time. Like it, you see that like in their early age, they're so stuck in themselves. It's just wild. And, and in a sense, no matter what you say to try to open that up, they're just not there. It's not, it's not in their field. It's not in their aura. Uh, and it's mind blowing actually, because like it's, it's, you have to talk to them about them. Otherwise they, they tune out. They're not interested. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for, um, thank you for sharing this actually. Um, so I want to move on with this slide and I think we're going to stay here for a little while, but, uh, um, some things that I remember, you know, when we, I think when we did the second vision quest, uh, with you, it was, you know, Yannick and myself, and we asked you a question and you just say, a shaman is a servant of nature and, yeah. and our purpose here, it's really about serving nature. It's about, you know, allowing nature to work through us. And that was really some things that resonate a lot with me. And especially with what you just say that the, the point here is to find a spirit within, you know, within. So how can you, how can you, you know, say in a, in a practical way, um, how can we translate spirit knowledge into human design or with human design and applying some things that is very useful for us today in society, you know, to, um, how, how can I say? Does my question make sense or not really? <laughs> How does spirit work to with human design in a way? And how do you get human design to work with spirit? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, kind of like how, how you know, how by honoring nature, we can find a correlation with human design or how, you know, mm -hmm. by honoring the spirit within us, that is nature human design, you know, have a, a bridge with this. Yeah. Well, I see human design as being a beautiful mechanical system that describes nature. Mm -hmm. And so when Ra was talking about this is for shamans in a sense, mostly like he was right. It, it's, it's a, at one point when I really understood this, I almost wanted to say, you know, all shamans need to learn human design because if you don't, you're missing a massive amounts of information that is so helpful to bring people into themselves mm -hmm. so that they can also serve nature, but also to just understand the bigger pattern. So um, I think in the observation um, of seeing so many charts and so many people and even expanding into some of the mystical aspects of human design, you really see the mechanics and nature is mechanical. There is a complete set and we are nature, like our bodies is nature. Our mind can be tripping. Mm -hmm. outside of nature and unfortunately that's also where we can be conditioned i mean i have some of that the open uh you know emotional center with my son in it can be corrupted literally to the core of spirit and unfortunately i think i was lucky not to be um and and early kind of plugged out but but there was that potential and there's always this potential for that and I think a lot of humanity was deeply conditioned into their spirit. And one of the first things is the definition of nature is that 
it's separate from the human. And so I feel like we, we really need to redefine that, mm-hmm. you know, by saying, first of all, human is nature. We are part of nature. We are nature. And we got to reconnect to that and then connect to your mechanics. I always say, if you don't understand your mechanics, if you don't understand your, your, the car you're driving, you're not going to go very far, you know, and you can forget about your spirituality. That's like for experts later, like learn to drive your vehicle and then we'll get and start talking about spirit because there is this deconditioning process that has to happen. Whether human design talked about it, every shaman talks about it yeah. and, and the spiritual path is meant to bring you into that deconditionment or deconditioning. Um, so that you find yourself, right? You find the, the, the uniqueness. And that's what's so beautiful about humanity is the diversity of beings that are so unique and different. And so the, 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 the tragedy is the homogenization. I mean, I had a friend that said, uh, you know, I used to love to travel. She's, she's an elder because it was so different. Every time I went to like China or like Europe or like, you know, Italy and whatever, it was like such a different world and it made me trip out. Now it's like I go and there's, yeah, there's still the architecture, but you still got McDonald's and uh, whatever, you know, Chanel and blah, 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 and the same restaurant. It's all organic and it's the same smoothies. And, and we've just McFied the world in a way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and unfortunately, I think spirit is about bringing that unique force and i really use it as a force of of individualization and so human design for me is a massive tool of that because it brings such clarity i mean you can't really deny it and on top of it what's nice and that i've seen is you know when you put a chart with people who have a very logical head instead of seeing a shaman and then the shaman is just going to tell you all this stuff and it's really heretic all of a sudden there's something that they can cling on to and go learn themselves as you did for example mm-hmm. and then empower themselves whether they want to or not mm-hmm. and that's their journey but basically i'm just here to kind of give you an open door of here go go down this rabbit hole mm-hmm. it's an amazing one and here's why and i'll give you a reading real quick of mm-hmm. how amazing it is and uh and here's where you really need to work on you know like it gives you that so yeah it reminds me it reminds me kind of like how you did with me you just gave me some of knowledge and kicked my ass and i'll see you later go figure it out (laughs) exactly (laughs) come back later i hated you for this (laughs) yeah well, I think also there's, you know, with a with a five one, which I think you guys are so lucky with not having this um, as a six two. It's like we have that savior trip, and everybody expects us to save them, and so like you know they come, they, oh, I'm dying, help me, and then you're like, here, check this out. This is where you are. Stop being whining and stop bitching. Like this is who you are. Like you know, okay, I'm gonna help you a little bit, but eventually, like they just want to be like. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, can you just do it for me? And it's like, oh, you can't. Yeah. can't. And and then, yeah, then you get put in the fire. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen it. Like, it's like, well, why don't you help me? Why don't you, like, make it for me? And it's like, well, because that's actually disempowering and it's creating codependency and it's the nightmare of of 451. I mean, yeah. I'd say that took a while because, like, when I was younger, for sure, I wanted to be the savior 
and I, I that that recognition, the need for recognition, was wonderful, you know, because it served my purpose at that moment to feel loved by the other and therefore accepted rather than really step into the heretic aspect. I'm not giving a shit what people like of me or not and making more enemies than friends. But like weirdly, that actually makes you more popular as a 5-1. So it's, it's quite like this fascinating trip, um, which I think as 6-2s, you don't have completely. It's a little bit different of a journey. Mm-hmm. Fascinating one for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, um, I really remember um, yeah, when, I, when we met for the first time, when I came to you in 2012, I was still in the military and it was definitely, you know, this, this energy looking for the saver. I was really looking for, I need to be saved. Um, yeah. And it took time. It took time to understand this dynamic and to get out of it. And as you, as you said early, you know, this three years stage and then five years and then seven years and ah, you know, it's an aha moment to, to <laughs> finally being able to see this and it's kind of funny that you you break it down in a three stage uh, one of the things you always taught me Yannick and, and myself was about you know the the catalyst oh, yeah. uh, acceptance and integration yeah yeah if would you like to to say something about this because it's very yeah. relevant and very uh, helpful we can apply this with human design as well Completely. Um, I mean, it's interesting. It comes from the the Chinese philosophy of how they see the body being a vehicle for the growth of consciousness. And so every part of our body is split up into three. Like, so you look at your finger and you have three joints, right? You look at your arm, you have three joints. You look at your body, you have three parts. And so it's all like split up into three. And so there's implication, which is the first part of the journey and it's really like from going back to the I Ching from the line one all the way to line four and implication is kind of like entering into matter and then you can so that's line one it's like the hit like the birth or the guy who punches you or whatever it is and then line two is the kind of reflection of what just happened to me line three is the projection of okay I'm going to try something whether that works or not is, you know, who knows, but it's basically the attempt of, and then until you find the solution, then you finally get to the stage four, which is about communication, right? And you start communicating to your friends and this and that, and you have your little group of tribe that you've explained it to, whether it's your family, and then you can take an event, like you get beat up, you know, you think about it, you try to come out, you run, or you kick back, or you hit back, and then finally it's by running away that you escape it, and then you get home and you like tell everybody about it. Well, that's all the implication aspect. And so that's the first joint. And then the acceptation is the fifth line, which is all about understanding that the whole process was just a big schooling for raising your consciousness. And so you have to learn to accept it and open your heart and, and really integrate. Well, that's the, the, the next part is before you can integrate, it's you have to accept the whole experience as part of just a lesson. And so you have to really understand that. And then that's when you start rallying others that have had the same experience and you start mastering the subject. And so you can actually start telling others and uniting others into this experience and finding the practical solutions out of the pain and realizing that you're not going to go do that again. And then integration, which is the sixth line is really about, um, 
integrating or losing fear, like getting rid of fear that that will ever happen again because it's actually you've gotten the consciousness of it. So it's the realization of the consciousness. It's kind of like the mastery, but like if you're at the fifth line, you know, let's say a bad example, um, I don't know, it's like some really tall, blonde, blue-eyed, you know, Viking that beat the shit out of you. And so you get that the whole thing was your fault and blah, blah, blah. And that's what you're like talking about because it was all learning experience. But every time you meet like a big, tall, blue-eyed blonde, you kind of cringe. You haven't integrated yet the experience because if you've integrated it, you actually know that that will never happen again. And so you could become best friends with a, and, and life will probably do that, mm-hmm. you know, just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, I use that a lot because you can kind of see within your body, wherever you hurt, you know, and then you split the body kind of in half as the left yeah. is more feminine and the right is more masculine. Yeah. And you can start seeing where you're having problems with your consciousness, mm-hmm. conscious growth. And we can really, we can really use like those three parts, um, with human design so we can kind of see where we are at in our journey with the human design system how we are you know resisting life or more letting life unfolding in front of us because i remember you said wherever we are between those three parts it's and and we and we feel stuck it's uh, it's a suffering you know between the the three parts yeah yeah Yeah, that greatness of suffering to grow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Tom, Cheryl, would you like to, uh, to say something about, about that, everything what managed to share with us and, you know, comments? Or... I would like to know, uh, Manesh, thank you for explaining that to us and sharing that with us. It was really insightful. But I would like to know, what is it called? So I can look into it more? It's, it's a... It's, it's in the kind of, you have to know about, uh, um, it's part of the kind of very specific school of the Taoism, which oh, okay, is, Taoism. yeah, it's in the Taoism, but it's hard to find because it's not something you type in online, but um, mm. it's, uh, it's a teacher that did acupuncture and, and did a lot of like um, Chinese medicine. And then he was actually a sleeping phoenix. Um, who had a great way of integrating things and knowledge like that and, and uh, explained it in a sense. So it's the Chinese way of looking at these three steps of evolution and how to grow into consciousness. Mm. Thank you. But Thank I'd, be, you. I'd be happy to kind of go deeper into that with you because obviously I did it pretty quickly there. And especially the, the whole thing of splitting the lines um, into that three-part process and some eaching books talk about it that that's something thank you, you that's something you teach during the the vision quest right are you still teaching this during the, the vision quest actually i do i okay. do yeah because i remember that's what we that's what we did for my, my first vision quest with you was in 2013 um that's what we learned and it was very uh, very interesting to learn yeah tom anything yeah. you want to you want to add to you know me, I never have anything to say, but I'll try a few words. I'd like to go to the uh, slide that you have produced. Beautiful. It says, shaman, a servant of nature. And I think there's something very beautiful to discover in that, okay? Mm-hmm. If he's actually serving your nature, what is he trying to do? 
get you back to your nature, get yeah. you back to the innocence of yourself, okay? Yeah. You have the nature, that's who you are. You have the nurture, that's where you're conditioned for good or for bad, either mm -hmm. way, okay? But the shaman is not someone that is here to heal you. It is someone that is here, you are to enter into a healing partnership with the shaman. Mm -hmm. That's what the shaman does. And if people understood and knew that and quit projecting on them constantly that you're going to save me, this whole relationship would work a tremendous amount better. One of the big problems we have is if you're going to attune things, everybody has to be attuned to the same tune, right? To the same thing, right? There's this assumption that there's a separation between our material life, the so-called practical life, and our spiritual life. And this is an assumption that needs to be corrected. There is no distinction between the two. Mm -hmm. If you are living your spiritual life beautifully, your material life will work out beautifully. It is the return to the innocence of the self. 14 hexagram, sixth line, humility. Okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks humility is about being some modest. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're being immodest if you're being anything other than yourself. If you're trying to be anything other than yourself, that's immodesty. So yep. let's look at humility and get the true meaning of that. 14 hexagram, sixth line. Didn't you know it was your maker's intention? for you to be materially successful. But also, didn't you know that all true power is spiritual in nature? Mm -hmm. And that's a definition. Where's the disconnect between the spiritual and the practical? Only in the mind of people who want to buy into that nonsense, okay? Mm -hmm. What did the man say? No, I'm not a Catholic. I'm happy to tell you I'm a recovered Catholic, okay? But what did the man say when he walked the same soil we're walking? He said, seek ye first the kingdom, and all else will follow. Maybe we should kind of believe that. Maybe we should realize that this is a being, when he makes promises, he actually keeps those promises. We live in fear and separation. Everything's separate. And of course, if it's separate, then there's always got to be fear. We were never intended to live there. We were intended to love in you, to live and love in unity. This is what attunement is. This is what coming to a shaman is for, to have him put you back in tune with your maker's intention. Everything else will work out just fine. Thank you very much. If you can do that mm -hmm. yep. but we have valued ourselves as nothing more than bodies we are not bodies what, what when, when our body is laid down something leaves that body that something is the thing that was causing it to move and be warm signs of life movement and warmth that's what left mm -hmm. that's what we actually are yeah and we that's are where, not yeah that's where yeah, we that's are not where. human beings that may choose a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings that were given a very temporary by design yeah. physical experience. Yeah, totally. If we can so come to the unity of that, so much of all this goes away. And the five ones and the six twos will get along just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why 
that's where that's where we can really say and this is a very profound statement but i really that's where we can bridge you know the, the shame and knowledge that is for everyone but not everyone will become a shaman and and bridge this knowledge with you know our rational society today to get an understanding of what it means to actually be a spiritual being and by design having an experience human a human experience incarnate into the flesh into the the form right and that's a very yeah. profound profound statement and thing to to really understand and and i believe when when this understanding of what it really means start to seek in that's when personally from my experience uh, i had this massive release on oh but there's nothing to do here there's nothing to prove there's nothing to achieve there's nothing to chase there's nothing to i just need to be i just need to be and that's for me the the beauty of you know bridging human design with the shamanic knowledge so again thank you very much manesh for being here because um it's it's quite amazing to being able to hear you know the knowledge that you sharing i've been personally hearing it but it's very amazing to share this with the audience and you know in a largest way for people to to understand and i would love to to have your opinion on this because today this is so trendy and everyone is pretending to be a shaman and everyone <laughs> wants to be a shaman you know so so the hidden the hidden side of being a shaman but uh, and i remember you always told me that the shamanic knowledge is for everyone but not everyone will be a shaman and not everyone is a shaman and actually if you realize what it means to be a shaman you don't want to have it you don't want this yeah exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> i say to people they're crazy if they want to be shamans cuz like i mean it basically the, the traditional definition was somebody who died basically and then came back and oftentimes it's about rituals that make you die several times all throughout your life and it's very intense or you know it's you take on that that classic uh wounded healer uh archetype which is that you got to go through a massive disease mm-hmm. to then overcome it by yourself and then you can help heal others so the process of becoming a shaman is not about taking ayahuasca and then like three or four years later being like oh yes i know because i've seen it's it's really doing the work of going deep into the dark side and the death side and and really dying and then communicating basically i love um wade davis who's a guy who spent probably the most time with many different shamans from national geographic he used to say well by definition a shaman is psychotic except that's his profession the difference between somebody who's locked up and not right and because you're speaking with voices you're speaking yeah. with the invisible the unseen yeah. and and it is it's crazy i mean you got like entities that come after you you got all this stuff, like uh, weird stuff that starts happening to you and you know it's it's you look crazy i mean it goes back to the heretic in a way um but yes like the knowledge the practical knowledge is for everyone which is very much like what tom was saying you know like the the unification of understanding that there is a spirit within you and being able to access that i believe everybody can access that spiritual innate self because it is you right there is no other one so then there is certain ceremonies 
that you can help bring people into that connection, including, for example, ayahuasca, which is a really beautiful thing. But, but knowing how to enter into the spiritual is an innate aspect, I think, of humanity. But again, being a shaman, which then knows how to lead that and also protect and create the right environment for that to happen in safety uh, while you're basically going to deal with demons. I mean, one of the first things I tell my apprentice is learn how to clean. You know, you better be used to cleaning and really good at it. So go clean my toilet, please. Because that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be cleaning people's shit all your life, right? All their demons, all their crap, all their shadows, all their, and then you're going to like help them go deep into that. And talk about humility, like I, I, I love that word and that you talked about that, um, Tom, because I use this, like humility versus modesty. Modesty is connected to pride and it's your mind thinking that you are humble. A humble goes back to hummus, which is actually being grounded, being in the ground, like literally get your knees and ground yourself or bury yourself in the ground. And that's where you're from. And that's being humble, you know um versus modest is oh i am modest i don't need so much you know like i i'm fine and it's 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 a pride thing and and, and there's this whole aspect of the ego mind mechanism that is unfortunately something that's being unwound today and so it goes back to a lot of people who want to be shamans because there's a certain um cool factor you know i have a really nice life i meet some amazing people and it is great to be able to guide people into their spirit especially during this time of spirit in a sense uh coming into the sleeping phoenix which is which is about like learning your spirit and learning your gift and learning your thing so there's value and and in that there is more shamans let's say that are also awakening um, because it is about bringing us back to nature. It is about bringing us back to our own nature, which I think shamanism is a spiritual path that belongs to the earth. It doesn't belong to humans. It belongs to the earth. So even right now, if we all died, humans, and then whatever comes afterwards, somehow there would be shamans, you know, that, that the, the, the earth would create subconsciously some new form of shamanism in a being, whether it's some monkey or some extraterrestrial advanced, you know, mm -hmm. wow or whatever we want to call them. Yeah. Um, the earth is going to provide that knowledge, which is, goes back to being humble. Like you, you, you're humbled down literally. I mean, like anytime my ego goes up, I get shot down, you know, like, I mean, and it's painful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you, if you want to be a shaman, you, you're, you're definitely, masochistic you know and you're, you're you like pain and suffering mm -hmm. and uh and there's this power game i mean you really what you're learning in shamanism is how to deal with power and uh and power is a very dangerous double-edged sword it's it's you're re-empowering yourself which is great but if you get too greedy with that power because it's tempting to be i mean that's the whole game of thrones thing right well power corrupts and ultimate power corrupts ultimately mm -hmm. so that's a very true thing and i think the whole training of being a shaman and i had some really great teachers to kick my 45 21 egos ass you know thinking i'm the authority 
I mean, literally, I got pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded so many times. And if it wasn't my teachers, it was nature to keep me humbled and really leveled into not getting a big head about my role and staying a servant and at service to nature without being conditioned and without being taken advantage of, which was a whole other journey. But, you know, because I think there's a lot of people um, today that expect the spiritual person to just be, you know, somehow supported by the divine completely, which you are, but there's an exchange of energy which needs to be accounted for. And uh, it's, it's kind of the, yeah, I think the, the, the Catholic church uh, did a pretty good job on that one because they, they gave such a riches yeah. by stealing from the powerful. So they gave all the priests all this stuff, but so the priests could like, you know, vow to nothing of material gain, which is holy, but actually, uh, it's supported by a massive industry, in a sense. I love the the the, the quote like that I think was uh, said during the Seth material of the books, um, by channeled by Jane Roberts, and uh, the guy goes into the realms uh, into the Bardos basically, and uh, he's got some time before his reincarnation and the mechanics of it, and so the, his guide is saying, you know, oh well. We can go anywhere you want. You want to go like to the gods and like the, the elevated masters and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go see Jesus and Buddha and all them. And he sees Jesus and he's like arguing with, you know, um, Muhammad and like whoever else. And then Buddha is like meditating. And so he goes over because he's been the Buddhist and he's like, Buddha, Buddha, I renounced all my desires and I renounced everything and then and like I became a pure Buddhist, but I, I guess I didn't get enlightened. And Buddha's like, well, I mean, you can't take away your desire. That's like taking the meow out of a cat. You're human. Like you're supposed to follow your desires. That's your mechanics, right? And he's like, but but I'm Buddhist. Like, don't they say that? And he's like, well, I'm Buddha. I'm not Buddhist. <laughs> and I think it would be the same with Jesus. He'd be like, okay, guys, I'm not Catholic. I'm Jesus, you know? Yeah. And it's the institutions um, that can corrupt the information. I mean, human design could become a massive tool for, let's say, Hitler to be like, oh, everyone who's got the 21, go kill them, you know? And, and yeah. it could be a detrimental tool in a sense. And that's that's uh, unfortunate um, with so, everything that's enlightened and spiritual yeah. in a way. In a sense, what you say is, is it's not the tool who is dangerous, but mostly the interpretation of the tools and the way we're gonna use it, correct? Yeah, the information that comes from either the prophet or the person is is beautiful usually, and it's extremely like helpful. But it's how afterwards the institutionalization of that tool that becomes dangerous. Mm -hmm. so and I think it's it's beautiful that in a way Ra died in a sense to a certain degree, leaving a little bit of havoc in the. Um, institutionalization of the tool because it allows a lot of n new formation of how do we get this knowledge out to people you know in a practical way and yet there's no guru that can be you know the savior or the jesus or whatever it, it really becomes the tool in itself mm -hmm. and so that's a really beautiful thing about this because it is also one of the most practical that gets very logical like you, you can really study it and go deep 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 and it's not just this etheric thing.
and eventually it brings you so you could either take it from a spiritual edge or from a very materialistic edge and eventually it's going to bridge you mm -hmm. so you're going to see matter as spirit and spirit as matter in that reflection mm -hmm. i mean it's it's a it's a wonderful amazing magical tool that's for sure wow thank you and I wish a lot more shamans like actually did know it, you know, and went through the seven year process of actually deconditioning themselves. Yeah. Um, on top of some of the rigorous training, you know, yeah, that they totally. can have. Because I think yeah, cause we have we have so many shamans like, you know, Alto's American, you know, who goes into the who go into the the Amazon just doing ayahuasca with shaman. But um and they see the shaman as someone who is just perfect, someone who is all good, but but not at all. Like we have so many shamans who are fucked up and have actually no idea about this mechanic and, and you know, and, and it creates more and more harm, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, a good shaman that has high frequency that's been deconditioned themselves is rare these days, unfortunately. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories that you hear about, you know, the shamans that take the power of others. And that's, that's one of the things. If you're if you're in it for power only yeah and not for service yeah you're going to be corrupted and and unfortunately i i've met too many shamans that are in it for the power and then their the desire of it is for yeah. power yeah and so, this is where this is where we can uh this is where we can bridge something else again like you know the celestine prophecy this this amazing book um, where to say one of the problems today in society is a fight for power because human beings don't know how to connect to themselves. They don't know how to connect to source energy. So they try to steal energy from each other, you know, with those mechanisms of domination. And when we have a look on human design, what is human design? What a self-empowerment tool. So it's really here to empower ourselves. So the moment we empower ourselves, we don't need anymore to to feed on everyone and to have this need of control, right? 100%. I mean, it's interesting because that first three years, you know, when you find this amazing tool and you really get to learn it, mm -hmm. it's wonderful. And then you feel like you're empowered and therefore you have more power than others to tell them what they should do and how they're wrong yeah. and how they're this, that. And then that's the first slap, you know, it's like, shut up. Like, I did nobody that. wants to hear that. <laughs> I did this. <laughs> of course. I mean, so did I, you know, and then, uh, and then, and then you got to learn more and like how to live your own and like use the yeah. tool for yourself first yeah. to yeah. really find that power, yeah. which is, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, how, I mean, humans by nature, if you, when we're born, we're very powerless, we're very dependent. And then as we grow, we still have this very, like, you know, we're, we're not very <laughs> developed and, and we're not taught so much about the world and the state of, things uh we're very conditioned and put in boxes right and so we feel so powerless and it freaks us out like we how do we how do we move on right so yeah there's all this conditioning around codependencies and creating the the toxicity of that and and money being one of the biggest false empowerment you know all these guys that are like you know after money and get to be billionaires and this and that and then what do they have at the end they're still miserable mm -hmm. why because they, they haven't found their true power of as you said the connection to source mm -hmm. their connection to nature 
mm-hmm. being able to hang out with a tree for five days and like having a blast, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and having real conversations. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember um, Andrea, you know, we were hanging out in, in Hyde Park in London and um, I, was, I was a bit late and I was, sorry, I'm late. And he was, oh, it's fine. I've been hanging the last 45 minutes with the tree. It was amazing conversation. <laughs> you know, I think that's what. Yeah, amazing. yeah, from from my experience, like the first three years in human design is exactly what you describe. You know, you you kind of find a new power. You find something that is new. It's like wow, and you you use it for yourself. But like straight, you have this desire to go tell people what to do. You know, to 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 share it with people and to say, hey, do this, do that. And, and you want to teach people, but you don't even really know what you're doing. And you're still so stuck in your not self as well. And yeah, and, and, and it's a big smash on, my, on, on the face, you know? It's a big like, uh, yo, what are you doing here? And I remember you, that, that the spirit, you know, who is like kind of like kicking you and putting you back on track. No, first do this for yourself. And, and yes then you can become a pure empty channel and, and really just, yeah, do it unconditionally, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting aspect of being human. You know, when we find gold, we want to tell everybody else, but then we want to like kind of like be the ones that dish out the gold and, it's, yeah. it's, it, and be in that power seat because I found it, you know, so I'm better than you. But yeah, and I think that's that's something that's just innate that we have to work through. Yeah. And then, and then the, the real sharing is, is how do I empower the other? How do I intrigue the other? And I think yeah. asking a lot of questions uh, is, is really good and asking others questions. Cause like a lot of people don't want to know. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to be awakened and like, so you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I have another great teacher that used to say uh, everything you resist persists. So, yeah. If they're resisting, it's going to come to them at some point. And so they'll come knocking on your door, you know, be like, hey, you showed me this tool one day. Mm-hmm. Can you like tell me more about it? And they do. They come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is great. Like this format is just sharing. It's yeah. pure sharing. You post it up. You give some bits yeah. of knowledge here and there with different people that have different experiences. Yeah. And then eventually people will come to it or not, you know, and uh Hopefully they get something out of it. Yeah. Can we say, and a question for you, Tom, let me know what, what you think about this, um, even you, Manesh, you know, but can we say, is it something that is only transpersonal or we can say the more we go deep into the knowledge, you know, human design or, or just shamanism and connecting to the source. So within, you know, the more we connect with ourselves, the less interest we have about trying to convince people that this is the way. You know what I mean? It's like, I find out the more, the more I do things for myself, the more uh, I dive into my own nature, my own design, the less I have interest on trying to help other people, the, the more I, I'm just becoming selfish. You know, it's, it's about me. Sorry, I'm busy, I don't have time. It, it's me. You know what I mean? Tom or Manesh first, whatever, but yeah. Tom, you're the elder. I'm going to let you speak on that one. (laughs) Ben, I have a sneaking suspicion that what you're referring to 
is exactly the time that we are in at this present moment. Okay? Mm -hmm. And um, the idea that a shaman knows something that you do not know. No, a shaman has spent some time remembering what he has forgotten that you have not done. <laughs> the idea that a shaman is something completely different from any of the rest of us, once again, that's that one up, one down thing that we need to let go of for everybody's sake, our sake and the shaman's sake. We, could, we quit projecting on him that he's the one that's got it and we don't, and we quit projecting on ourselves that we don't got it, okay? Mm -hmm. We all have it. It's a question of what your choices are, what you choose, okay? We started this whole thing out as a con conversation about, um, about consciousness, mm -hmm. okay? We are here to become conscious beings. And if we are going to be shamans, all of us, doesn't matter what your profile is, it isn't going to be about what you're saying to other people. It's going to be what other people are observing in you. You yeah. make it observable based upon living it and being it. This is the return to nature. This is what the shaman, the nature, the shaman is in service to. Mm. This is not a position of high authority. This is a position of service. Like, let's talk about a boss for a minute. What's a boss but a guy who's got more to do in a day's time than he can do by himself? Mm -hmm. The most important asset he has in his life is the people that show up on a regular basis to help him get that done. This is what the shaman's position is, okay? Trying to get people to help themselves to get done what he's trying to get done and be. This is not a position of power. Yeah. This is not one up. This is not one down. We are all shamans that have forgotten that we are all shamans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's gonna be, we're going to be reminded of that based upon seeing it in the world. Mm -hmm. All this first line stuff, the insecurity, the fear that needs to be assized. In 2027, it goes away as a background milieu. It will not be what people are concerned about. People will only be concerned about if they're being themselves correctly as themselves. He who has a need to lead makes a pathetic leader. He who is correct in himself and looks behind him and notices that people are following, there you go. There's your leader. Yeah. Okay. Usually you want to run. No, don't follow me. Another good rant. <laughs> that that sounds like the sixty, you know, with the line to leave me alone. I'm going alone, you know. Exactly. The thing yeah. that gets me about design, it's a beautiful mechanistic tool, okay? Mm -hmm. You you can sit, I've had the experience too many times to deny it now. Mm -hmm. I'm used to watching people's jaws hit the table because I'm telling them things about themselves that I have no right to know. It's a mechanical tool, okay? But you don't build a house with one tool. Yeah. You don't. Mm -hmm. You're not going to build a house with a hammer or a saw. It's all these tools together. Once again, all this separation. If we bring things into union, everything is fine. Yeah. Everything is fine. If yeah. we know we are not here alone, we are all here together. This whole thing, we're locked down now. I'm not locked down. I'm freed up. Yeah. And so is everybody else. And the moment they start to recognize that, these waves of chaos that are coming through the world in the next seven years, you're so right, Manax, about talking about 2020 being the year. It really is. We are seven years away from everything shifting. 
everything shifting, new species, new background milieu, new process. And it's not gradual. It's as big as you can go from a six to a five to a four. That's one step from a one to a six. One small step for <laughs> mankind, one for man, one giant step for mankind. Okay. You yeah. can't take a bigger step than that. Yeah. So, so that, much. Yeah. There's no doubt about the fact that not everybody's going to get it. Yeah. The question is, are you paying attention? And what are you paying attention to? Yeah. It's your choice. Nobody else can make that choice for yeah. you. Nothing. So, so that's my that's my um, my question for the next slide. And thank you, Tom, for you know yes. for bringing your your point of view on this. But yes. so, Manesh, what do you think about you know right now, 2020, um, the vision of what's coming? So like this this image, you know, about the consciousness with human design and how we see the world as human being in society. You know, what's, what's your understanding of this background frequencies that is playing with us and, and that is moving us to something new, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I want to go back just to, to your point, just a touch, you know, about selfishness. Yeah. I think there's, there's an aspect of self-loving yourself. You know, if you're giving, giving, giving your energy, you're no longer useful because you're going to be drained. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to really take care of, of your own like house, your own body, your own being. Mm -hmm. And really like that's self-loving. And once you're self-loving yourself, it's going to be spread out to others that are going to be able, as, as Tom was saying, to be able to see how you do that and therefore be able to be inspired to do it themselves. Now, whether they do that honestly uh, versus being you know the fake leaders as you were talking about that's a whole different thing mm -hmm. so yeah there is this this aspect of it the person is going to say you're selfish but i always say you know the person that says you're egocentric or you're selfish they're saying you're not acting how i'd like you to be for me mm -hmm. you know and therefore who's selfish is the person that's asking that or saying that you know to the other yeah. Versus being like, wow, you're so self-loving to yourself. Like, that's inspirational. I'm going to be that way. Yeah. I think afterwards, it's just the amount of sharing, which is, you know, I, with my 4521, I spent my whole last year really going deep into thinking, okay, can I be completely self-sustainable alone? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can't. You just can't. Yeah. We're, we're, we're made to, to be in this network of, of, of there is going to be interactions. The, the hermit can't like be his whole life in the cave. Like it just like, it's, it's like, you know, I, I say a lot, like especially at three, five is life is going to come and knock on the door of the cave, yeah. you know, like, so we are interdependent. We are interconnected, which yeah. kind of goes back into this slide. And I think, um, if anything, in my design, it's been a lot about that. Like I've had a lot of people say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm selfish and, and I'm a pain in the ass because of my flow. Like I, it's my flow or like fuck off basically. <laughs> like, and, and it's like, as soon as I compromise my flow, it fucks everything up Yeah. for me and then for everybody else. And what's so amazing about that one is that like the, the, the 515, as I'm in my personal flow, as soon as that like starts bringing in a community or other people, 
around that connect that 515 starts feeding the 14 too, right mm -hmm. which is like re-empowering the resources and the vision of the of the feminine so of the earth mm -hmm. to actually manifest itself through the heart so being in my flow is so deeply deeply like my thing now like it's like i don't give a shit like you'd like go fuck yourself basically if you don't want to fit into my flow <laughs> with with compassion right like yeah. i get it it's a pain in the ass i'm a pain in the ass but i promise if we are in my flow like it's gonna all be good like it's all gonna go into synchronicity and the resources yeah. are gonna come and everything's gonna come as soon as i'm out of my flow it's just it's a disaster as well yeah. um because and you can see like uh, you know i'm trying to connect my generator in my heart yeah. to the rest of my mental ego intuitive system yeah and it's kind of floating there so like that's this big thing that i had to learn is to really trust the generative aspect of myself and therefore going into my flow now what's funny is i'm a drummer right well so what does a drummer do well he sets the beat and the rhythm like so i just set the beat and the rhythm and then like well just listening to the drummer is cool but as soon as the bass goes boom boom Boom, boom and a guitarist goes wah, wah. It, it just sounds way better than just a you know yeah and so that sounds just it can be very mechanical the drums by itself as soon as you start adding the harmonics everything starts playing and it's so much more fun to be in that flow and that rhythm but so that was a big thing and like yeah that's selfish like in a way and of course my 4521 ego does not like being called selfish egocentric you know so I wanted to defend that versus actually accepting that and being like, yep, <laughs> uh-huh, I'll sing too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And tell you stories on top of it with my flow. If you want to like, yeah. And then, and then it drives people crazy, right? Yeah. Now, in terms of the future, like, yeah, I think that's going to be a weird thing. Like there's, if you look at the 3420, which is like this incredible power of the bully in the now to bring like the expression uh, you know like and that's what the backdrop is changing to uh with this 5955 like spirituality which like we can talk a lot about because i've had a lot of projections on that one mm -hmm. of me especially with a 5-1 being a seducer mm -hmm. like you know getting in and then like trying to seduce the spirit out of people actually mm -hmm. it's like basically I'm seducing the the spiritual essence of the person their emotional essence and then yeah i mean like as tom said with a tool like human design and i have a couple other tools like i can describe people's stories so deeply of who they are and like how they work it's almost scary where they're like what do you have like a camera following me around like what is this <laughs> and and it's like well no and i and I, it's mechanical and you better learn how that is and how that works and how you work so that you can accept yourself so that you can go into this self-empowerment which is what we're moving towards and I, I, I had a guy describe it really nicely. It was a reflector, actually. He was like, you know what we're, we're doing? It's like, we're all playing these roles, whether you're conditioned or not. Like, okay, great. And just imagine you're like in, you know, Versailles in, in the King's like quarters. And there's this massive garden and there's this huge palace. And it's like, there's the rules and you can like, you know, do your thing and everybody's doing their roles and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, imagine like all of the people staying in that, very well dressed all this stuff and then all of a sudden versailles like is switched and that that's the backdrop and now you're in the desert well the king sitting there with his like you know fake hair and his like big clothes 
<laughs> in the desert, like, it doesn't work. He's going to have to, like, undo his clothes and, like, probably change the role, being like, shit, how do we do this, right? And and how do we work in cohesion together? And how do we, like, self-empower myself versus because, like, nobody's going to care that he's the king. Yeah. The castle is gone, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be a pretty drastic shift that's starting right now because of these seven-year cycles that really, like, start. And, and yeah, like, I mean, it, we all feel it now. We all feel this uh oh like what's going on things are shifting like the world's never going to be the same and it's yeah. just the carpet the first carpet was taken out that's and there's why, like a whole layer it's not a whole yeah, building that's why everyone taken. really have this this urge to taking care of themselves right yeah. but i can feel i can feel a lot of shame and guilt from people you know to to finally be self-loving you know to finally stop helping everyone and to really coming back to the basics, which is taking care of themselves. Yeah. Well, guilt is pride, hidden. You know, it's like you're too proud to be self-loving and, and, and like you're still thinking of the image of what others will think if mm. I'm too selfish and that makes you feel guilty. Mm. Um, so that's really useless. And then, and then even though it's unfortunately poor projectors, they're just driven by it. Um, <laughs> You know, and and you know, but like you look at that, like their 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 higher consciousness, obviously, in here to like tell others, you know, to a certain degree what to do, or at least somewhat manipulate them into that. It's it's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what Tom's design is yet, so uh, I don't know if he's a projector or not. No, he's. You can see here his manifesting generator, emotional. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Tom, you want to say something? Something yeah. very simple. Yeah. Today, the sun is in the 23rd hexagram. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> what we are listening to is a 23rd hexagram speaking. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And the projector can come and help us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting to note how many 23s there are here, myself included, speaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want exactly. to ask you a question as a 23 voice and as a 6-2 and as a 5-1 and as any human being whatsoever, any upright biped. <laughs> um, when you spend a certain amount of time explaining something to someone, did you ever hear yourself say to that person, did you hear what I said? It's not what you say. You say, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So simple. So yeah. simple. Yeah. What's coming is not going to be about whether somebody heard what we said. Even us holy 23s. Yeah. It is not. It is going to be about them seeing what we do. Uh -huh. yeah. Now, if that doesn't tell you about the gigantic step from a one to a six, then I can't tell you that. Because that's what it is. It will not be about this. Mm -hmm. We can and do say anything. It will be about the demonstration of what we do. If it is congruent with what we say, they will like it. Yeah. If it is not. You know what being burned at the stake is for a 6-2? It's being called a hypocrite. <laughs> you say one thing and you do something else. That is the maximum demonstration of a lack of integrity.
Yeah. Back to the shaman. The shaman <laughs> is here to be a servant of the nature. Yeah. That is our nature to return to the innocence of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. Love yourself. There yeah. isn't anything else to yeah. do. We are human. Exactly. Beings. Yeah. And beautiful. Never about the doing in the first place. And so, so we are we are sitting being with ourselves right now. And everybody wants to think that's a problem. They say, oh, I want things to get back to normal. Damn it, normal is just a setting on the dryer. You do not want to go back to normal. Yeah. We want to progress. Yeah. And those of us that want to and seek it with a full mind and heart will get there. And those yeah. who do not, it's a choice. Yeah. Upset. I like the, the word confinement better than the lockdown because confinement, it's with finesse refinement like it's it's refinement mm-hmm. with refinement basically so it's a time of refining yourself mm-hmm. exactly. and uh it's beautiful that we all have this moment this pause as you said to do that i actually wish it was like just tomorrow we're uh in france starting to get out of confinement with all sorts of crazy rules but and i'm almost like oh i need another two weeks you know like i was just on ketchup this is fantastic <laughs> yeah don't worry there will be other waves of chaos coming yeah oh, I'm for sure. it. <laughs> i actually had this wonderful artist another mg51 um who was like you know i'm sure we're gonna have another confinement i want to organize a confinement where we can have some amazing individuals all together like <laughs> a big piece of land with was several it, houses you know her actually it's, was uh, it Olivia was Steel. it from uh, olivia yeah yeah <laughs> how funny yeah all right She's like that would be the best confinement like maybe we can like even just stay that way and mm-hmm. have a new community you know for yeah. the new world you know like yeah. probably good idea do it okay let's have um one more question and then um because it's been an hour and a half so then i would love to just talk a little bit about you know your clear sense meditation and the essential oils that you're working with and then we can take maybe a little break. And if people want to go, they can go. And we will go into questions after, like from, you know, the audience. But that, I think that's pretty good for today. We cover a lot of, uh, a lot of amazing knowledge and points. And I don't want to, you know, overwhelm too much people. But my, my last final question before we, we move to the next things and we take a break and open the room for question from people is mostly okay you know we have we have this human design system right and um, and today so many people wants to go deep into the system you know everyone is looking for what this gate means and what the incarnation cross means and what about this and what about that and i always feel that people just forget the basics and they you know they go they get trapped into the mind who is looking for so much distraction. And we can see on this picture, like everyone is going running, running in the city, looking for distraction, but we just completely forget to focus the vision on what it really is important for us. So is anything you would like to say about this bridging human design or simply, you know, bridging life, you know, from, yeah. from a spiritual aspect or, I mean, I think for sure, like we, we, we get, the, it's like the longest journey we have, right? Is from the mind back to the heart. Mm-hmm. And because it's about the heart and, and we're here to be guided. I mean, uh, 
there's a beautiful thing also in, in French with love, which the old French word l'amour, which was la mort, mm. like it's written in Spanish and stuff. And phonetically, that sounds like l'amour and la mort, which is love is your golden soul, which you find at death. So what love is, is finding your golden soul in life, which is going to come through your body's experience. It's about in, like enlivening your body's experience, which if you really look at the fundamentals of human design, it's not so much about all the details of the gates, even though those are great, you know, refinement mm -hmm. tools. It's about your strategy, like get back in your gut if you're a generator or an MG. Like, and, and, you know, like that's, that's so huge. Like to be able to make decisions from your body's perspective mm -hmm. and from being in body and uh, the embodiment of that is so key. Mm -hmm. and, and I would say also, I mean, spending a lot of time in nature and experiencing life is, is so key. Experiencing to awaken bigger perspective fields mm -hmm. within your senses. You know, like you can vision, you, uh, you see things, you can, hear things you can feel things and and uh, the the worst confinement is being completely locked up and not wanting to do anything right? mm -hmm. not wanting to hear anything not wanting to see anything mm -hmm. uh, there was this joke like the cdc and the the who came out with something where they're like uh, not only will you have a mask so you can't speak breathe or smell wow. but now they're saying put a band bandana in your eyes so you can't <laughs> see the truth either yeah and it's like it's, it's like this funny joke right <laughs> Because it's like, well, that's like, take off the mask, take off the, the blinders and just actually go and try to see more mm -hmm. because we are more. And uh, to go into quantum physics, you know, like it's, it's amazing. If, if anything, we're here to literally see, to watch the whole thing happen. Like consciousness is watching life and that makes life go. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we, we don't have so much to do. We, we really have to observe and be the witness. And that witness, like, this is something I say to projectors so much, is honor the role of the witness because the witness is so important when we need a witness. And the universe needs witnesses. Like, that's what makes life go. So even if you see that they're doing the wrong thing and they don't want advice, just watch it and laugh. Have a good laugh. You know, you're doing great. Yeah. And, and like, that's actually part of it. Like, he'll come back to you and be like, well, what, what should I have done? Because like, that didn't work, you know? And then you can tell a lot of stuff. But um, I think witnessing, and this is also, I guess you talked about clarescence, like, yeah. you know, awakening the senses uh, for me is, is so important and being able to see the, the, the hooks and all the different mechanics, like, of, of the, the engineering of our aura, in a sense, and, like, all this stuff. Like, I think Rodin talks so much about the energetic stuff that's inside the aura, which is just phenomenal. I mean, he, he kind of went into the mechanics of it, which is great. Mm -hmm. And human design talks about that. But then like in terms of the actual energy hooks that we have with people, like the, the cords, the programs, they actually have a energy, a frequency. Mm -hmm. and, and to be able to clear all of that mm -hmm. and to start becoming aware of that, um, yeah, I came up with a whole program, which basically I was using before even human design. I think human design got me lazy about this, 
because now you have a mechanical system that describes a lot of it, but, but actually just sitting in meditation in reflection and being able to see some of this energy kind of in motion mm -hmm. and be able to like remove some of the dirt and, and clear it is really helpful. And then obviously if you're in a practice of helping others, this has some really good techniques to teach you how to help move energy out of others. And then I use the human design to teach them how to manage in a way themselves. So otherwise, you know, they're just going to keep coming yeah. back so that you can just clean them up again. And that's really um, some things that I can like, I can really confirm, you know, really reinforce what you say. Cause I remember I started to, to learn from you the energetic world um, eight years ago and going through vision quest and learning all this teaching from you on how to, to clean my aura, to actually really feel my aura, to be my aura. And, and that's an amazing bridge with human design. And, and last year, I remember when you put this course out, I was uh, maybe one of the first like, Manesh, I want to buy the course, you know? Yeah. So I, I bought the course from you, the, the, the two, um, the two module and I've been practicing this every day almost since uh, last year. Really? And I can tell it's a huge, huge, huge difference. And, yeah. and as you say, I think I became lazy by knowing human design and kind of like neglecting my health in terms of aura, you know, having a healthy aura, my hygiene in my aura. And by yeah. going again into uh, this clear sense meditations, well, I can really tell the difference. I mean, I feel my aura. I feel I'm a generator. I feel the gates that are activated in my body that are moving. I, I feel my own energy. And because today I'm very aware who is in my aura and who is not, with who I haven't still accord, you know, attached. You know, when, when we have a, you know, we, we, we argue with someone on the phone and even if there's someone is on the other side of the planet, we have this nod in the stomach and we feel bad and we feel, oh, and yeah, it's because we created an energetic link, right? Exactly. And that's exactly what you describe in this course. And that's why I want to recommend people. I, I really wanted to put this here because it's an amazing tool for people to work. It's self-study. You guys can go through the videos, through the audios. Um, it's really amazing, and, and yeah, um, I can tell. And it, and it has the thing that, that I think uh, a lot of my stuff actually does use is the fact that there is nine centers, there is nine chakras. So there is the meditation that actually mm. shows you where these centers are in your body. So you can actually feel your spleen while your spleen's in the side. And, mm -hmm. and mechanically, you can feel all these and... Uh, and then be able to kind of clear that and clean that and, uh, and all that. And then obviously there's the oils uh, yeah, that I think you are yeah. probably going to start receiving. And I have the, the little kit, see right here, like because I, I was sniffing them earlier. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, wow. it's nine, nine chakras. You know what's amazing? Because like they, they talk about the seven chakras as being the seven colors of the rainbow and blah, 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 and seven, 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 and seven. And actually there's nine colors in the rainbow. You just don't see the pink and the gold because they're actually like so refined that you have to have the illusion of the light. Yeah. But there is the nine chakras and there is the nine colors of the rainbow. So a lot of it, again, is, is false information that finally is being revealed. And, uh, and eventually when we get to 11 you know, centers embodied, we'll probably be off this planet. But yeah, I, I order my oils. I can't wait to have them at the house. And uh, yeah. 
I think if people buy the, the full package, like the nine holes, uh, you put a, a little book, right? Or a little other things to learn yes. how to use them, right? Correct. Exactly. And we talk a little bit about the human design and like all of that and the, the evolution of the chakras, which I find to be like one of the things, you know, that, that Richard Rudd, for example, and uh, Gene Keys, which is wonderful because the poetry in, in that, Mm -hmm. of the description of each gene is is mm -hmm. is, is a mm -hmm. whole adventure of going back and meditating mm -hmm. let's say on those genes or on these channels and uh and um gates but one of the things that's missing is the is the the map and the map is so fascinating in the fact that it does show how energy is moving mm -hmm. and the fact that we've evolved you know that like an inanimate object has one chakra and then it evolves as we grow in consciousness. Like, you know, this whole debate about consciousness being outside of your body or inside your body, or is it in the brain or is it not in the brain? Like nobody talks about the fact that it's in your chakras. Mm -hmm. And each chakra is a split of consciousness. So our conscious awareness is mm -hmm. nine centers. Like it's pretty complex, the human you know, conscious field today. It's got nine centers and each of the centers have a lot of different frequencies. Yeah. And it's really deep. Like, and for yeah. me, it's, it's really about that. It's, it's, it's the energy system that we have. We take some of that back in terms of the, the, the understanding of it when we're not in body, mm -hmm. but when we're in body, that energy system that like, gets to be felt like in the body. And that's where I feel the consciousness is, is really in the centers. And, uh, and, and it's, it's amazing to be able to be at this level right now and, and to have nine centers and to really go deeper into just that, mm -hmm. uh, in human design teaches us at least to be correct in that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So what I'm going to do is if you guys are interested, you know, about managed work, in the description of the video, so on the live recording on YouTube, I will put his details and the websites and where you can find the Clarice Sense Meditation course that I really invite you to take. I mean, I'm doing this uh, every day. I love it. I love using the, the grounding meditation. I love using the cleaning meditation, using the, the nine centers meditation. It's quite amazing. Um, I will put a link. And as actually, well. by the way, it's, it's, there's a, if you sign up, Right now, you can get three of the meditations for free. The first three intros oh, nice. for the confinement. I gave the, the grounding and neutrality. It's a little complex oh. with Teachable. So like as you sign up, you then log in, and then you got to click on the module, and then you'll get back to the sales page. But you just scroll down on the sales page, and you'll see afterwards you have the previews, and that will take you into the free meditations. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for this gift for everyone. And uh, I will also put the link, you know, about the essential oil so you guys can have a look. I haven't tested yet, but uh, I know Manesh, it's amazing. I can't wait to have it here. <laughs> and you have been working for so long on it because I remember um, so you were posting pictures and you were like really smelling them, you know, sink in. And yeah, so, so I'm very looking forward to have this. They're um, amazing. They're on their way. They're flying you. over. Leave you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, we, each, each of them, just to talk a little bit more, like the, it's a bouquet, you know, where, where you can actually look at the human design. Each of the vital centers has a main frequency in a sense. And then each gate is like almost like a harmonic frequency yeah. that adds to the main core. And so yeah. each of the bottles has between nine and 11 oils in it. 
because as I did my, my healing work and I started using the clear essence and the human design, I could start seeing people, you know, like for example, the, the root chakra is patchouli. Like that's your main frequency. Yeah. But actually differences between people who have the root, you know, defined, mm -hmm. usually they don't have the same issues as people who have the root undefined mm -hmm. and the different frequencies, it becomes, it becomes more refined. And so, mm -hmm. You know, there is vetiver and carrot and frankincense mm -hmm. and all these other frequencies that started playing with it. And so you couldn't just give patchouli and say, yep, that works. And then you'll open up your chakra. Mm -hmm. And the essential oils, they, they play with the vibration. So these, mm -hmm. are, you'll see, they, they vibrate literally. Mm -hmm. and, and they smell like you've never smelled anything before because they're like wow. bouquets. And each of them are very different, very unique. Uh, so you have these nine bouquets, which adds up about 56 different plants, um, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And so you have... You're teasing uh, me. I can't wait to have them here, you know. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. So I will put um, all managed details on the description so you guys can, you know, if you want to contact him, book a, a session with him when it comes about... Uh, natural healing. Manesh is also using a very ancient card um, based on your birth date and some things that I studied with you as well a very long time ago, but just a little yeah. bit. I would love to dive more, but that's maybe for an, another time. Um, yeah. So you can find his website, Vision Quest, if you want to do Vision Quest with him as well. I will put all the details on the description. Amazing. Yeah, thank you everyone. Tom or Cheryl, do you want to end with something or do you want to say something? So just to remind you, that was Benjamin, Cheryl and Tom for the Rising Phoenix. Today we had our amazing guest, Manesh Ibar, who came share his knowledge with us on his perspective as a 5-1 shaman in the world. Um, this is us, so you can find, you know, again, us on social medias, uh, Cheryl, Tom, email to contact Tom here. And that's it. Uh, Tom, Cheryl, anything else to say before we take a break and maybe question if people want to have questions and I will cut the recording here? No, I don't have anything to say. I just like to thank Manesh for being here. It was really insightful. I have a lot to digest. And yeah, you were really teasing us with those oils. They look really nice. They look really sexy, the bottles. So yeah, I'm going to look into them as well. And your um, meditations, um, audios, I'll check it out. Thank you. And thank Perfect. you, Ben. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Tom, do you want to say something? Again, thank you, Manax. It was nice to meet you. I have a brother born on the same cross as you, so I'm very familiar with the energy. It was nice to be in that. And uh, at this point, there's nothing more to say. I think people have taken a lot in, and I would be uh, very happy to answer any questions that people may have that they would like to direct at me. Um, and so now we turn it over to the audience after a break. Yeah, nice. So, guys. Thank you so much for hosting yeah, me. It's you. been a pleasure to uh -huh. be with you guys. And Tom, maybe, uh, maybe I'll contact you if you have uh, some hints about my cross. That's always useful. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful. So I remind you guys for next week, we will have the episode two on season two. And next week, we're going to have a special guest. 
He's a reflector, a reflector 6-2, and the topic will be only about reflector and projector. So that will be the show for Cheryl and our beautiful friend, uh, Fred, who is a reflector. So if you guys want to stay tuned with us for next week, this is what is waiting for you. I will end this with a beautiful quote from Ra, living your design is what the knowledge of human design is all about. It's the experiment of transforming your life decision by decision. Um, so that's it for today. Again, thank you very much for all of you to joining. Thank you for uh, all of you who are watching the live recording. You can find all the details in the description and please feel free to share this live to comment below the more you comment the more you share the more we put the algorithm of youtube showing those video first and i really believe that's what humanity today needs to learn is about human design and how they can be correct for themselves so again thank you all of you we're going to take a short break and we see you in a minute for all the questions thank you Bye. up how you feel manesh very good yeah that was awesome thank you <laughs> yeah it was very good uh-huh uh let's take a little break do you still have energy do you want to stay with us yeah yeah 10 15 i got more? energy i have a session in about half an hour so i have to just get off the phone in about 15 minutes let's say okay perfect well let's just go pee drink a bit of water and we can do 10, 15 minutes uh, questions and yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. See you in a bit. Okay. <laughs>